This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Good evening to you. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue the theme that we started on Monday. And that theme is God Hates Mixtures. We must realize that so much of what is pleasing to God is contrary to what the world's mentality is. And we're going to focus on mixtures regarding the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world. And we cannot mix them together. And we cannot know God or understand his word through human wisdom. We're going to be reading and studying the first two chapters of 1 Corinthians where Paul clearly shows the difference between these two conflicting wisdom. But first, as we did on Monday, we want to show what the conditions were in Corinth that Paul was up against. There were serious problems, primarily worldliness, immorality, and pagan ways. It was a wicked city open to various philosophies and strange doctrines. There was sin in the congregation, lawsuits among Christians, marital problems, meat offered to idols, confusion about the role of women in the church. And Paul taught that the unrighteous will not enter the kingdom of God, neither will fornicators, idolaters, homosexuals, drunkards, or extortioners. Most of Paul's teaching in in these letters to the church was an instruction about corrective behavior dealing with sin and righteousness. He wrote about the cross and the difference between divine wisdom and human wisdom. And we believe what Paul wrote to the Corinthians has application to all of us today in this age. And not only that, but as we proceed during this week, we will see that it is the call of the church to demonstrate the wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. I'd just like to touch on some of the scriptures that we focused in on and will continue to focus in on in 1st and 2nd Corinthians. In 1st Corinthians, beginning at verse 17, the word says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, in other words, the world's wisdom, that the cross of Christ should not be made void. For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Going to verse 20. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? 
For since in the wisdom of God, the word through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through foolishness of the message preached, save those who believe. But we preach Christ crucified, to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are being called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. What's amazing, Shelley, is the gospel is offensive in the flesh to both Jew and Gentile. And even those who are saved, it's offensive to unless we walk in the Spirit. So for every listener and for you and me to really understand that, we would live differently because God desires to draw us close to him, to heal us, to save us, and to be with us. So that's very important, Shelley, that it's not just the Jews or it's not just the Gentiles. It's not just the church or it's not just Israel or even the world. It's all humanity. That's right. And if we can really grasp that, we would see and be more alert to ask the Lord to keep us in his spirit. Really? And if you're not born again, any listener, whether you come from a Jewish background, a Gentile background, a Muslim background, we all come to the Lord the same way through the revelation of God revealing himself to us and for us asking him to forgive us for our sins and live in our hearts and guide us. Really, Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 2 and really brings in the issue of the Spirit. He said, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men. Hear this. Your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And then it says, For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world or the wisdom of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us, which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. We see, Junie, there's no way to know the wisdom of God unless we allow the Spirit of the Lord to lead us. And you know what? I think it's a good point here. What makes Paul the great um, apostle apostle that he was? And for that, I want to go to 2 Corinthians 4, because we, we see the effect of eternity. 2 Corinthians 4, beginning at verse, let me see, 16. This is what Paul's writing. Therefore, we do not lose heart, But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For a momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond comparison. So in other words, he's taking the the momentary light afflictions, which were really horrendous situations, 39 stripes on the back, 
given up for dead, uh, shipwreck. He says, for momentary light afflictions is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparisons. And here's a key. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we're linking the wisdom of God with eternity, whereas the wisdom of the world is basically now and basically centered on self. And to put it in today's vernacular, Shelley, if somebody suffers physically, if there's a loss, if somebody suffers emotionally or mentally, He's calling it a light affliction, and that's instruction for us to cry out to God, for the Lord to teach us something and to transform us and change us and give us a peace where there would not be peace. That's right. And in today's world, with COVID and every nation in terrible shape, we really can see the need that we have for the Lord, and he desires to help us. Amen. That's why he died. Really. It's interesting, talking about the temporal and eternal. The first verse in chapter 5, Paul goes on to write, For we know that if the earthly tent, he's talking about our life here on earth, for we know that if the earthly tent, That's which, our body. which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So again, the wisdom of God deals with eternity. The wisdom of the world deals with earthly things and how man is. Let's look at James chapter 3. Um, I want to begin at verse 13. James chapter 13, because he talks... Chapter 3. Chapter 3, I'm sorry, verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom, he's talking about the worldly wisdom where there's jealousy, selfish ambition, uh, things that characterize the unbelieving person. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. June, when we go and live by worldly uh, wisdom, it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. That's a, that's a real, uh, what can you say? Who wants to be accused of that? And I don't think, Shelley, it's just for the unbeliever. I think that that's the nature of man. Right. And we battle against that. So you could be a believer and not even realize you're selfish that's or right. not even realize that you have ambition because for the most part, the gospel tells you today, dream dreams, have your goals and go for it. Right. When the gospel Paul preached was very, very different. Really? So Paul went on in verse 15, This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, that's, it, it, as you said, it's even in the church, unfortunately, 
there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above, this is God's wisdom, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so to see, Shelley, that that is the condition of believers in marriages. Yes. That's the condition of humanity in church unless we cry out to God to change us that we would live in his spirit, by his spirit, and through his spirit. That's what Paul wrote. I live and move and have my being in him. And that's what he's asking of you, Shelley, and of me in our marriage and our relationship and every listener to really take thought and consider and cry out to God to change us because we'll never make it in this world, Shelley. Not with the fears and not with what's going on in the world today. We need the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank We're going to introduce the, the effect that it has on the church tomorrow. But we pray, Lord, that you continue to read 1 Corinthians 1, chapters 1 and 2, and see the great difference. And God wants to separate worldly wisdom from godly wisdom. And we pray for Junie and I and for every one of our listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.